Now I get the pleasure of introducing our speaker tonight. Todd Benjamin Lout. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Blazing fire. <laughs> I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, we need your presence. We just really do. And we thank you so much that you're here. And we need more. And we, we thank you for, we thank you for your presence moving in our hearts, God, and opening up our ears to hear what you want to say, God. There's a dude speaking up at the pulpit who's just a dude. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to put in our ears what we really need to hear from you, even through this crazy vessel. And open up, open up our ears, God. Take carnality out of our ears, God. And we just want to hear your heart for us, God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you move in this room mightily. In Jesus' name, amen. It's raining shoes. I forgot what that means. Oh, I haven't even started yet. It's a prophetic statement. Thank you, owner of those shoes. <laughs> uh, huh, huh. I don't see any other shoes. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo. You guys haven't even heard the subject matter yet. I'm going to take your shoes back when you hear this. <laughs> uh, last week, Susan spoke about this manna and in her message she mentioned um the secret place a couple of times and um it's interesting i got i got an email from somebody in our church this week saying i don't really actually even know what the secret place is so it was my delight to answer back a gigantic email um because i love talking about that and um and uh that it, I want to, I want to just read something quickly about that. We've talked about that quite a bit here in this church, um, but I just want to bring a little reminder to segue into where I'm really going here. But um, just in case you wonder where the secret place is, I have a really good clue from Matthew six six. It says, "But you, when you pray, uh, go into your room and shut the door, and your Father who sees you in secret." Um, we'll meet you. Well, it says, uh, and pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will re- or reward you openly. So he's behind your shut door. He's always at behind your shut door. That's actually a guarantee. I think that's also representative of any place that you decide to go and just be with him. You know, um, in my mind, I, I think of shutting the door. I think of shutting out all the other voices, shutting out all of my other voices, uh, shutting out other influences, you know, and, uh, and just being alone with him where he is and saying, I want you raw. 
I want whatever it is that you're going to give to me in raw form, even if it hurts. And it's cool that we talked about the pruning because that's the hurting part. Even if it hurts, it's going to produce a lot more fruit. And just like Russ said, everything that's been sung and prayed, even even a scripture that uh, Catherine used tonight, um, it's all tying in with this, what I want to talk about, and that is repentance. Yes, we're going to talk about repentance at Blazing Fire Church. Want to take your shoes back? <laughs> I've got a challenge for us tonight, and then I'm going to go backwards and, and talk about what I mean by repentance here. But my challenge is for all of us to be very good repenters. All of us. Those of us who already said yes to the cross and those of us who maybe haven't yet. To be really good repenters. So I'm saying yes, even after the cross, we need to be good repenters. I'll explain that. Um, let me, let me though tell you a really good description of what repent means if you really break it down there's if you take the word pent and you look it up in the dictionary right now you'll see references to holding back like being pent up you know um but that is not the root of this word it's another meaning of this word which means um the highest point or the highest place just like a penthouse yeah um and if you re something you go back to, you redo it. You're, you're saying yes to that again. You're going back to the beginning or whatever. Um, so this literally is talking about going back to the high place where God put you. Uh, on our, on our blazing fire Facebook today, I almost put repent real big and then just put the question, what does that make you feel like? <laughs> but I thought of it so late in the afternoon that I didn't do it because I probably wouldn't even read them. But, cause, but my, my guess is it would make people feel like condemned. You know, like, oh gosh, all of a sudden pressure, you know? Do you guys know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Um, do you guys feel that way when you hear that word a lot of the time? Yeah. Or, or somebody yelling at you from a box. You know, as you walk by and they don't even know you, you know, um, just wipe that away because this is actually not a cuss word. It's actually a good word. It really is. It's really a good word. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. This literally, when God tells us to repent, he's saying, I set you up in a high place. This is how I made you. I want to remind us all that when he made us, he made us out of love. He made us by his breath to contain his breath. He made us out of love. He is love. So he can't make us any other way. It's impossible. So you, even the ones in here who think I can't stand myself are made from love. Mm -hmm. And so that is the highest place. He made you on a mountaintop. He made you to live with him. In fact, and this is where um, what Catherine read earlier I was going to go to, and that's that's in Psalms 86, 11. Uh, no, I'm sorry. not Wrong scripture. Wrong scripture. Um, 
Yeah. Um, okay, well, whatever. Anyway, it says, uh, I, I have a, sometimes I have trouble with addresses of scriptures, but, um, Daniel Roberts, where does it say this, uh, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places? Ephesians. Yes. Ephesians 2, 4. Ephesians 2, 4, right? Am I right? I don't know. Ephesians 2, 6 and 7. Ephesians 2, 6 and 7 says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. He's already done this. He's already done it. Now, I know that a lot of us have heard that and thought, well, I sure don't be feeling like I ain't sitting in no seat in heavenly places right now because I just thought this or I just did this or I'm feeling really awful right now. How in the world am I actually sitting with Christ in heavenly places? (laughs) This is what repentance is for. This is what going back to the high place is for. It's an invitation from God. The reason I say we need to be really good repenters because we need to do it every single day. We really do. Even if you think thoughts like, well, the cross, you know, made me completely clean, so I don't need to repent. That's actually not true. The cross did make you completely clean. Then there's old habits that kind of stain the fabric of your thinking that take you away. But here's the deal. I'm not really talking tonight about repenting from very obvious things like murder, you know, um, letting pornography consume your life, you know, having an affair, stuff like that. Uh, Those things, if you need conviction of the Holy Spirit to tell you that's worth repenting for, then we we need to talk (laughs) about, we need another message right now. That's, that's the obvious stuff. That's not even what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm really talking about iniquities and iniquities are the little nagging things that kind of eat away at us. The little thoughts that kind of creep in, um, they kind of snowball, but we don't even see it. You know, we really don't even see it. I'm, I'm talking about little thoughts here and there. Like, um, you know, you just, you decide you get mad at somebody. And so you spend the next hour stewing about them and what you could say to them or what you, you know, or just, I can't believe whatever. And then that grows a little bit more and a little bit more, but you think, us, oh, whatever. Um, until you've got an iniquity going on that's staining the fabric of your thinking. Does it make sense? But you might not even be aware, or you might be aware, and here's repentance, how it works in the secret place. That invitation behind the closed door, that is the place to come and go, hey, I want you to show me anything I've got to repent for today. You know? Again, we've got to get the old way of thinking about that word, the condemning, loud, screaming, repent, turn a burn, you, you know, we've got to get that out of our mind when we come and say, I want to repent, show me something. And I bet you, I mean, I guarantee you that Holy Spirit is very happy to show you, well, this kind of came in. Let's deal with that because I've got the highest for you in my mind. You know, I know for myself. Um, a lot of the times I'm living below the glory of God. You know, there's, uh, there's, uh, where was that in the Bible? Um, uh, let's see here, man, I am jumping all over my notes. Um, in the Bible, uh, somewhere in the word of God, 
Well, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, I'll go back to that. Let me, let me go backwards. Um, I, I just want to kind of prove to you that God is down with our repenting. And by down, I'm saying it in the teenage now word, which means cool with. Okay? I'm down with that means I'm cool with that. So God is down with our repenting daily. Uh, there's eight places in the Bible that tell us to take heed to yourselves. And if you don't know what heed means, it, it just means pay attention to, you know, or, or look at this or, or uh, take care of something. There's eight places in the Bible. I'm going to give you scripture, scripture references if you want uh, for your own study later on, but I'm not going to read them all. There's several in the Old Testament and a few in the New. We've got Exodus 19.12 tells us this. Deuteronomy 4.23, Deuteronomy 11.16, Jeremiah 17.21, and then hopping over to the New Testament, we got Luke 17.3. Let me just read that one to you, um, just as an example. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents... Forgive him. And if he sins against you over and over and over again, um, forgive him every time if he repents to you. It doesn't matter how many times. That's just one example of taking heed of ourselves. Um, and that was Jesus who said that one, by the way. Luke twenty one thirty four, Acts 5.35. And Acts twenty twenty eight, all these places in our word that says to take heed to yourselves. We do need to do some maintenance, not laborious maintenance like, like we have to with some relationships to keep them going. Not like that. Just maintenance like oiling your car, you know, putting gas in your car, taking care of your car. Somebody gives you a brand new car. If I were to give my son a brand new car, which I hope to at some point, um, you give him a brand new car and he's like, wow, look at that. You know, I'm like, there you go. You don't need rides from me anymore. Um, but now, so he's got a free car, you know, he's got, he's got a way, but now he needs to make sure that car is going to keep going, you know, some maintenance. It's kind of the same with us. We really do. It's the cross did it all. There's no way I'm ever wanting anyone to think I'm not saying that the cross already did it all because the cross did everything for us. The problem is that we, like I said, we, these little iniquities come in because we get lazy. Anybody in here ever been lazy before? <laughs> um, we just, we let old habits come back sometimes. Sometimes be think because we think the cross did it. We let old habits come back. <laughs> well, the cross did it all, so I really don't need to take care of that because, you know, whatever. And then here it comes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. We need to cultivate a lifestyle of taking spiritual inventory. Okay. So going behind the closed door. Um, is a really, really good way for me, really the only way to do it is to be with him alone. And, 
you know, you've, if, if you've been here any length of time, you hear me talk, talk about that subject a billion times, is, is uh, quiet with God, alone time with God, secret place with God, intimacy with God. Um, but here's, here's a cool thing about that. You can become more and more intimate with God through repentance. That's how we're going to grow because the more you say, I want to know anything that's holding me back right now. He goes, thank you. Let's look, let's look at this one. And you say, here you go. I want to give it to you. You become stronger and you become more like him. You become more close to his heart. Basically you become, you come closer up to the place where he called you to be in the first place. And that's where he is too, you know? So you become more intimate with him. Then after that decisions you make after that, um, the way you see people that get on your nerves, the way things happen in your life, and the way you see your own self is um, you have a different lens. And the next time you get rid of a little more and you get a little closer, you have even a different lens. You know, I love talking about the last uh, book in the um, Chronicles of Narnia. It's like the, the, the last battle. And um, once everybody kind of enters into the new, the new, which is heaven, you know, represent in there, they keep running. They're running toward the throne there. And as they're running, all of a sudden they enter into a new again. And it's the same place, but newer and better. And, um, and then they keep running and they're, they keep going into it. It's, it's paradise, but it's looking even better and clearer than a couple miles back. And that whole chapter, I think, is called Further Up and Further In. And that is exactly what I'm talking about here. With the Lord is going further up and further in through this repentance. I'm going to tell you one of the main things he's had me repent for, and that is my view of myself. That is also not just, not just oh, you know, I'm ugly or I, I just I don't like, you know, how I do this or that but mostly how I have a hard time at times actually believing what he said about me. (laughs) And several times in my life, I've heard God's word come to me through other people speaking or, or in private where he says, why do you hate the very thing I love? And it sounds harsh, but that's actually a sin. And we, you know, we even look at the word sin a little wrong, I think, you know, a sin is just something that holds us back from the best, really. I mean, it's just something that is we're allowing to steal God's best for us. And that's one way to look at it. So for us to, to hate the very thing that God loves is counter him, you know? So he goes, no, no, you need to get rid of that. And I think most of us, probably that's one of the biggest struggles we, we've had. And um, it's I, I will not stand here and say I've mastered that one yet because just like what I was talking about, these iniquities kind of creep in. And even even when I get a little bit of victory, uh, sometimes I let thoughts come in, you know. I pass in front of the mirror or something <laughs> or something happens and something I did I don't like that I did or I said, you know, I, I opened my mouth and oops, and oops came out and I'm like, oh, and I get down on myself. And then it accumulates, and all of a sudden I find myself going, oh, no, I've done it again. i got to give you this. You love me, and that's pretty much all there is to it. 
you love me. I want to be there where you say you love me. I want to be right up in there at the very top of the penthouse where you said you want me to be. It's the very best for us. Uh, yeah, he, he, it's, it's not pleasing to God's heart that we don't like ourselves, that we don't love ourselves. It actually takes a lot of faith to love ourselves, but guess what? It's impossible to please God without faith. (laughs) So let's just apply some faith and go, all right, I'm going to learn how to love myself. I'm going to learn how that even when I mess up, I'm going to run right back into your face and say, here's where I belong. This is where I belong. Does that make sense? Okay. That's all this repenting thing is. Does it sound a little less scary now? You know, a little less like condemning now. (laughs) This is kind of a recent message God planted in my own heart from me. And, uh, and since he did, I've been doing this practice every day. Like I've been really trying to be really intentional about this. And I'm telling you, there's definitely stuff every day to bring forth. Now, it sounds, you know, so far I'm it's making me sound like I haven't really gone very far. Actually, yes. If you only saw how I used to not like myself and used to carry around chains and used to drag the stuff I did, you know, the, the bad stuff. I mean, I literally would be like, well, that was bad. So I'm going to, for two weeks, punish myself <laughs> and drag this chain around for two more weeks, you know, until finally God stepped in and said, how long are you going to do it this time? I really have some use for you, especially just to love on you, but I need you to stop doing this punishing yourself thing. It takes belief. It takes faith to trust what the cross did in the first place. So if we're lacking that and we're, we're falling short, um, then right there, we have something to repent about. Repent. Go back to the higher place about. Make sense? Yeah, since since really getting this a little bit more in my heart lately, I've craved it, actually. It's it's caused me to really crave it. It's caused me to crave it. Um Yeah, I I've recently acquired a taste in the morning for a little bowl with some blueberries and nuts in it and some almond milk without sugar. And uh and I used to probably would have think that was nasty, but now I, I, I've acquired this taste for it. So I really look forward to that in the mornings. I have the same feeling now about coming to the Lord and saying, what can I repent for today? <laughs> I really do. I really crave it. It doesn't mean that I'm condemned. It doesn't mean at all that I'm pathetic either. It just means I'm a human being who's got the truth in me and wants more. Because there is more. There is more. We will never on this planet get all of God. Even though he invites us into his all. He's like, dive in. But it's absolutely impossible. We would we would completely explode and probably turn into a whole universe if we were to get his all. <laughs> um, but yet he invites us into his all. He's mysterious like that. For me, that means... I can come to him as much as I want to. And I could take even more. And he expands my territory inside, right here. (laughs) 
Um, there's a verse in Psalms uh, 77, uh, verse 6. Uh, it says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate with my heart, and my spirit makes diligent search. When we go to meet with God, our spirit makes diligent search. I'm going to stop here and say all I'm saying about going to be with God and doing this repenting thing could sound like, man, that's a lot of work. Well, aren't we supposed to rest in God? Absolutely, we're supposed to rest in God. When we come to him and go, open my heart again, I'll let you take that, let you take that, let you take that. The rest that comes is amazing. The rest that comes is absolutely amazing. It's not laborious, and it's not, um, it's not a drudgery at all. It's not. It really isn't. Um, and all of us can stand to have some discipline in our life, you know? Rest doesn't mean we just lay on the floor and don't do anything until he returns. Not at all. Not at all. In fact, resting um, also looks like us working for him, doing, uh, you know, going to Uganda. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> going to Uganda in the heat. Brent, Brent and Joel said that when they got out of the some building in Jordan, it was 120 degrees. <laughs> oh, oh, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. Oh, that was a yuck. Oh, <laughs> because I'm not a friend of the heat very much. Um, but we make the sacrifices, you know, because we love people. And it is work. He, he told us to go out in the field. He said, the workers are few. I need you. So there is something to do. And for us to do the best job at that and the best with rest, holding hands with our work, is for us to come before him constantly and say, I want you and I want you to have all of me. What does all of me look like today? Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, oh, this is cool. <laughs> um yeah, in the Bible where um, Jesus uh, Jesus saw a multitude of people coming toward him and said to Philip, what are we going to do about feeding all these people? And the Bible says that when Jesus asked that question, he already knew what he was going to do. Well, duh. I mean, he's God, right? I mean, he knew. He already had an idea, but he turns to Philip, who he knows is a human who's might not know the answer, might, um, and says, what are we going to do about feeding all these people? And Philip didn't have the answer, not the correct one. And, and Jesus already knew. I think that Jesus was kind of checking in with Philip to see just how much in the glory he really was. Because if he was more so, if he was already up on that penthouse, you know, more so, he would have said, hey, you just break some bread and, and multiply it for everybody, you know, being right answer. You know, <laughs> uh, I think that we've got hundreds of thousands of opportunities like that where Jesus, where Holy Spirit is saying to us, you know, how are you going to do that one? How are we going to do that one? How about this? How about that? But we so easily fall back into discouragement 
or the, you know, human way of just doing everything. Um, and we go, I don't, I don't know. That looks too hard to me. I don't know, you know, and, um, and we get on Facebook and complain about it and we get on, we, we call somebody and we're like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. This, this is scary, scary, scary. When God's like, ah, I just want you to come up to the penthouse where the answer to that is. <laughs> there must be something in there that needs to go. Is it pride because you don't want to come and repent? Because if it's pride, that baby needs to go. <laughs> you just need to get over it. Pride is, a, that's yikes. You know, it keeps us from actually um, coming in humility, which God loves. Did it, has anyone here ever read, uh, oh, what's that book? Um, Rick Joyner, not that one. The one, the allegory of going up to the mountain of the Lord. Yes, the final quest. Thank you. Uh, visions that he had. And when he gets up to the top of the mountain of the Lord, we're talking about heaven here, and he's walking by, and, um, and what, you know, wisdom who was accompanying him had given him a cloak to wear. And this thing was ratty looking. He said it was really ratty looking, like, like, you know, third hand store stuff, you know? And, uh, and, but wisdom said, oh, this is humility. This is humility. And so when he was walking through heaven, all these angels were bowing down to the dude, you know, and he's like, stop it. Why are they bowing down to me? And wisdom said, oh, because you're wearing humility. That's such a high thing here. You know, in fact, I mean, kind of sidebar, but to continue on, the guy kept his humility on and later on a bunch of them were sent back down the mountain to accomplish something to, 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 uh, yeah, to, to accomplish something down the mountain. But, um, several of them were like, I don't want this humility on. I want to shine because I got the glory up there, you know? And so they came down the mountain and they're all shiny and the main dudes wearing his, his cloak of humility. And, um, the other guys were so shiny that they themselves were blinded by an attack, an ambush that was coming through them. They couldn't see it because of the brightness, you know. But he saw it because he was wearing the cloak of humility. And he was able to, to take care of matters and not get ambushed himself. But pride will come in a lot of the time and not the kind of pride that we all think pride is, you know. Because I know a lot of us in this room wouldn't say, well, I have pride because I think I'm better than everybody else, you know. But pride will keep us from even coming to the Lord in repentance. Pride will say, I know something about the word and everyone else doesn't seem to know it. <laughs> I, probably all of us have, have met or experienced or maybe been one of these people who you get some kind of cool revelation in the word and all of a sudden everyone's an idiot because they don't have it, you know. Well, like, don't you know that the Bible says this, you know, when five minutes ago, you didn't even know that yourself pride knowledge is puffed up. So pride can enter in really easy. It's a sneaky devil. It really is. So if you go to the Lord and you don't even know that you've got pride, but you're at least willing to go to him and say, Hey, what can I deal with today? He goes, Oh, you got some pride going on me. No, I don't. Just like I said, you got some pride going on. 
<laughs> and you're willing to let him take that off of you. You're willing to just actually lay it down in front of him. Because he can definitely handle it. In fact, do you know that it's pride to think that God can't handle your stuff? It is. That's belittling the Almighty who's totally other than. And that would be pride. He can more than handle it, and that's what he did on the cross. We need to take advantage of that, you know, and say, all right, here you go. This one was a doozy, but here you go. Thank you, son. Thank you, daughter. I'll take that from you. And then all of a sudden pride disappears or whatever it is. Um, and you, you start to get free and you can see more clearly and climb up to the place that you belong in the first place with him. <sighs> his ways are higher than our ways. Okay. That's, that's, that's Isaiah 55, 9. In fact, our, our ways are typically a universe below his ways. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we, we're saved and we're delivered, you know, but dang, we still handle things in a way that he probably thinks, oh, wow, all right, well, you know, maybe in another millennium you'll do it this way, but I'll work with you on that, you know, out of his, out of his love and grace. Um, but it really is. I mean, his ways are higher than our ways. But through coming to him constantly in humility and saying, I want you to take anything that's blinding me, that's hindering love, my receiving, my receiving your love, um, will get higher and higher and higher. We really will. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was reading a little bit in a really good book called The Secrets um, of the Secret Place. George uh, Bob Sorge. Actually, it's one of my favorite books of all time. Um, and in it, he uh, he talks about the fault lines that we have inside of us. We have fault lines that are hidden just like under the ground. You cannot see the San Andreas Fault. Well, in most places. You can kind of drive through it at one place. But the hidden fault lights that are lines that are down there, when we don't come and just give things to the Lord in humility, um, then easily something can shake those fault lines. Really easily. Something can shake those fault lines. So when we do come to him, he takes care of He goes, I want to show you where a fault line is, actually. Because I know how to heal that, you know. I do you do you want to share your kind of analogy on that? Everybody, this is Levi Tilly. Well, this is one of the Levi Tillys. The other one just walked out of the room, I think. But um, this is the junior one, and <laughs> uh, this is Levi who just got back from a. From a YOM DTS in England and India. Yeah. Um, I was recently sharing this, uh, a brief synopsis of this message in a group and Levi brought something up and I thought, oh, that's so good. Share it. So share it. Thank you. Um, can I, I don't like standing in front of people, so I'm going to sit on this. 
Okay, hi guys. Um, so, um, I guess I'll just, okay, I'll have to do this. Everyone go ahead and close your eyes. Um, and I just, I'm going to share with you a picture I got about, um, about repentance and what it looks like. Um, so just picture the Holy Spirit as this infinite ocean. Think of the biggest ocean. You can't ever see the end, no matter how long you journey through it. Infinitely deep. But even in that infinite spance, the Holy Spirit places us right in the center of it. And throughout our lives, we're faced with troubles and the enemy comes against us and we're born into this place of sin due to generational sins and and our circumstances we put up walls around us and as we grow up and as we're very very young some of these walls are good they protect us from other people but what we don't know is unintentionally we're also blocking out the holy spirit and some of the things in our lives create these giant, massive walls. Think of a wall that's higher than you can even see the top. And we've put it there brick by brick. Each time the enemy comes before us with a lie, and we go, maybe, maybe that's true. And so we place another brick. And sometimes something happens in our lives and it's a sharp pain and we have a sharp withdrawal from the Holy Spirit. And we place an immediate wall there. And there are times where we where we create one layer and, and then a few years pass and we think we've dealt with it. But, but we've really just been ignoring the fact that there's a wall there. And so we place another wall there by another hurt that happens in another wall. And then we have an area of pride or shame or guilt or whatever it may be that's a that's hundred layers thick. And as Christians, we know we're supposed to allow the Holy Spirit in, so we've created a door in this giant wall that we've placed around ourselves. And we say, okay, Holy Spirit, you can come in. Saturday nights, I'm going to let you in to my world. Sunday mornings, I'm going to let you into my world. When I'm in the quiet place, I'm going to let you into my world. But the Holy Spirit, God is always standing in that door, beckoning us, saying, come, repent, Come back to me, and I will show you those things. I will show you the next step, the next brick that you have to take down. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, here's this section of the wall. Look at this thing that you've had your entire life that you've carried. I'm going to take the whole thing down. And it's gone. Entire sections of the wall gone. And our doorway is just a little bit bigger. The funny thing is, God is still so infinite, and he's just on the other side of the wall, but he chooses to let us keep that wall up and he chooses not to pass through it for our own sake sometimes the holy spirit's agenda just takes over us and he breaks those walls down in our lives sometimes it's through the words of other people sometimes it's through prayer but there's always that part of yourself that agrees with the holy spirit and so you keep that door there and through repentance God wants to continue to take things down, sometimes a whole section at a time. Sometimes God wants you to work through things brick by brick. 
for his own end, for his own purposes, because it gives him a better testimony to see you take things down brick by brick. Because when you go before someone and you say, I worked through this with the Holy Spirit for 10 years, I've worked through this with the Holy Spirit, that's a testimony that blesses his heart because he knows you endured. When Paul says, I have run the good race, I fought the good fight, you know that he's talking about repentance. He's talking about fighting spiritual warfare. This is so much reality, so much more real than even our physical carnal selves. This idea of brick by brick by brick tearing things down from our lives. But yeah, so. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Just pray something. Sure. Ah. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence, God, that you're always surrounding us no matter how thick our wall is, Father, no matter how long we've placed ourselves in, in an enclosure, God, how long we've tried to protect our hearts. God, I thank you that you let us recede from you when we when we need to, God, but I thank you that you never stop calling out to us. That you know when it's time to take those walls down. And I thank you that you prompt us, God. Pray that we would be wholeheartedly engaged with your spirit in our quiet times, Father. That we would yearn for those times when you come before us and say, let's deal with this. Let's tear this wall down now. It's your time. It's time to make a new testimony. It's time to have something else that you can reach others in. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us authority in walls that you break down, God. You bless us with power over things that we didn't even have to touch, Father. I pray that our hearts would be open to you, Jesus. That each day we would make the, the door a little bit bigger, Father, so that the flood of your infinite spirit can come and begin to pour through us and break the walls down in other people's lives, Jesus. That we would repent, Father, that it would be more than just an I'm sorry or an I apologize. I pray that it would be a full surrender and instead asking you what you want us to do. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Right on. <laughs> you got a shoe, bro. That's funny. I was actually thinking about taking my shoes and throwing it at him too. I just I didn't want everyone to see my Spock socks. See, I've got Spock socks. These are a gift from Misha Kozada. Yeah. He's got sharp little ears and everything. I guess I did show you my Spock socks. <laughs> See, you could be a repenter and wear Spock socks at the same time. <laughs> In fact, this really does make life a lot more fun. It really loosens us up. It makes life a lot more fun. It doesn't mean we become a stick in the mud. It really doesn't. Um, cultivating a life of taking spiritual inventory 
is not a paranoia. It's not. When we do this, we're looking for some thir- certain things. Like we want alertness, right? We want zeal in our hearts. You know, I wrote some other things down. Faithfulness, purity, love, growth, and grace, and righteousness. Here's a good description of the word righteousness. God's right way of doing things. That's <laughs> pretty simple, right? Kind of takes the pressure off, right? Like, I don't know if I could be a righteous one. That sounds pretty, you know, sounds like I'm going to sit on a chair with my robe flowing down 10 feet and, you know. No, it just means God's right way of doing things. It, and that's up in the high place. So <laughs> where he's always wanted us to be. Here's a cool scripture, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 21. Um, this is kind of about the fault lines in our lives. Um, it's one way to partner with him. Uh, and and how he, he uses fire. It's, he is fire, and he uses the fire to kind of bring these things up and burn them away when we're like, here you go, fire. Uh, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God um, stand. Having his, this seal, the the Lord knows those who are his. And it says, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. This is simply saying that we are known by Christ. We're known by Christ, and, and we can let him in even more. He's going to know everything, but he he's a he partners with us that we can say, okay, you can see this part too, you know. I mean, he sees it all, but he honors us and we get to be these vessels of honor. The more we go here, here, here you go. Here it is. I trust you. (laughs) Yeah. And and I want to say too, that, you know, nobody else can do this for you. You cannot come up here in a prayer line and say, would you pray for me that I would repent? Or would you pray? Would you repent for me? You know? (laughs) ain't gonna work it's not this is something we have to take action on ourselves you know it's kind of like the the ten virgins and matthew you know uh five of them got their own oil and five wasted some time and then when it came time for the the groom to come um the other five were like hey can we have some of your oil and they're like no you didn't get your own oil this is that oil you this is the oil that only you can get with the Lord, you know, is, is you coming and saying, yeah, I'm going to go up higher today with you. I don't, I, I, we all picture things differently. Whenever I think this way, whenever I think about going higher to the penthouse, I always see an escalator. <laughs> Maybe because I used to, you know, run the opposite direction on them when I was a kid, but, uh, I always see an escalator or Charlie in the chocolate factory's glass elevator. You know, I see that too. And I'm not sure exactly what it looks like, except that God's just like, just get up here with me. You know, I was thinking earlier of some of the most powerful, um, spontaneous moments we've had in worship um, here in our congregation. Um, uh, that, Well, for me anyway, and I felt like the room was really coming with us, is um, a, a 
two or three times that I remember we, we were singing, um, like from the Lord's point of view, um, come up here, come up now. Remember those, remember that? And something just happened in the room. I mean, we, we went deeper, higher, wider, further. The whole, there was electricity in the room and there was a hope that rose up in everybody like, okay, okay. And he's singing, come up here, come up now, come up here, come up now. That is a constant song in the Lord's heart for us. It really is. So even if we're at our worst, that song is still going on. And all we have to do is go, okay, (laughs) and step right into it and just go there. Go get on that escalator, that glass elevator. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's many tools that are going to be personal for you. One for me, I love, I love a, t- um, a certain Psalm 8611. I love it. It's one that really does something to me. And it says, unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart to fear your name. That could sound like I'm Gollum from Lord of the Rings and have like crazy split personality. Um, uh, but honestly, sometimes it feels that way when God's saying, you're this, and you're like, no, I'm this, you know? <laughs> My process. <laughs> and you're trying to hold on to another level when he's saying, no, you're this, you know? <laughs> uh, so, it, you know, yeah, disassociation sometimes with actually the truth about ourselves. Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart to fear you. Ah, sing it. Just go be alone with him and get some, some, oh, there's a cool new album that Bethel has put out. It's a part two without words. There's no music. I mean, there's no, (laughs) beautiful, no music at all. (laughs) It's just a blank CD. Uh, No words. And for people like me, that's, it's a great album to use when I'm working on emails and things because I can't hear other words. I can't hear talking or anything or else I just can't concentrate. Um, but it's also a great album. It's, it's called Without Words and, and this one's called Syn, Syns, Synesthesia. Sounds like a shot that I got at the hospital. Um, uh, but it's really great to also play and start singing your own tune with. Now, this, this, these, this music of theirs, by the way, is actually happens to be musical versions of the songs that we know and love and we sing here. Um, but you could also make up your own, um, tune to and, um, and just take something like, unite my heart to fear you. Unite my heart to fear you. Unite my heart to fear you. Unite my heart to fear you and bless your holy name. See how it sticks? See? Then it gets in here and it comes out of here. And all of a sudden, he's going, I love this song. Yes. We're going to unite your heart by taking this away, taking that away, taking this away. That's one of my favorite scriptures uh, in regards to this subject matter. Um, there's also Proverbs 3, 1. If you remain in me. And my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. 
And we just know that when we're not walking in the fullness, when we're not in that penthouse, we're not bearing as much fruit as we can. You know, those 500 lemons. There's, there's always a chance to have more fruit. There just is. You may have a handful of fruit in your life and go, cool, I've arrived, but actually there's more. And that's because God is an ocean without a shore. He's totally other than. He's bigger than anything we could think of. You know, and his love, which is what he is, his fire, which is what he is, uh, is that also. So it's just endless. So that's what I was wanting to share with you tonight. I I like to share... <laughs> Wow. No more shoes? I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's the, that's so, um, <laughs> I like to share things that are going on in my own life, you know, when I, like we share with a youth group or whatever, um, because it's kind of fresh, you know, sometimes it kind of makes it humiliating, you know, but humbling is more the word, I guess, you know, which brings me to what I'm about to do right now. I'm just going to tell you some things that are, are hot off the press for me that I'm repenting for. Not everything. I ain't telling you all of it, but (laughs) we're family, but I, you know, got my own bedroom. (laughs) Um, Uh, but I will, I will let you in on just a few things just so maybe some of you will say, Oh wait, okay, that too. Me too, actually. Or, or this or that, you know, or Todd's not perfect after all. I'm just kidding. No, (laughs) I didn't think anybody thought that. Uh, Um, but some of these are embarrassing and one of them is grumbling about blazing fire. Oh, oh, really? I thought you were an elder at Blazing Fire. You mean you've grumbled about? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's little things. I mean, it's just like this and that. There's some Saturday nights that I've come home and I'm like, I cannot believe that, you know, I, well, maybe I better not say it. Um, <laughs> Seems like typically it has, it kind of leads back to us not having a building yet. I get, I, you know, I, you know, many of you know that, um, that I, in college, I started taking interior design and I'm really into that stuff. And, um, and so I envision our building all the time, you know, but I envision keeping stuff at it, being able to put our own stuff somewhere and not having to take it home in my car again. And, um, you know, building a cute little offering box and then everyone shoves stuff in my car and it gets smashed, you know, stuff like that. Whatever. It's time for a new one, you know, <laughs> but little things that sound kind of cute and silly and funny that actually when I come before God and say, is there anything today? And he's like, how do you expect to get a new building when you're complaining? Remember you, Todd, who says complain and remain? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I thought my complaining was justified because we really need it, you know. 
you know, and then, and then, um, and also an ongoing, you know, strain of repentance for, um, uh, how, how, you know, some people in my life, how other people handle things and I would never handle it that way. And, um, and are they ever going to get healed? You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm going to just be humble and say that when I've recognized that and brought that to God, he also reminds me, you got a long ways to go too. You know, you've come a long way, baby. And you've got, you know, there's, there's a lifetime ahead of you. Um, just things like that, simple things like that, but mostly for me, and this is actually the most embarrassing because I've talked about it here before. And so by now it should be over with, but it's the self image thing. It's a, it's a body image. It's body, whatever, what do you call it? Levi body, body shame, body shame. Um, just feelings of self hatred, those types of things. Um, and I'm not saying that so it's like, oh, poor Todd, you know, so I can get a bunch of compliments. It's not like that at all. In fact, I have a hard time with those. But, uh, And that's actually a problem, too, <laughs> come to think of it. Um, but that one for me is a big one, a big one that I've come a long way on, and we're still working on that together, me and him, you know. The cool thing is when layers of that come off, I do come up higher. I could feel it, you know. A better song comes to me, you know. Uh, a, a better revelation, a uh, you know, a, a moment with someone to bring freedom to them or whatever, um, it happens. So there is progress going on, but there's still some stuff to work on. You know, jealousy, comparing, comparing. I'm the only one. Okay. <laughs> I could go down a huge list, but I'll stop there. But, um, but comparing, you know, I don't have envy. Envy is evil. Well, if you're comparing, <laughs> then that's a form of envy right there. Comparing. It's also a form of pride and it's also a form of, um, even even if you're comparing in a negative sense about yourself, it's a form of pride because you're so focused on yourself and what you think you lack. So it's all about you. Uh, but um, but again, comparing also has to do with saying God didn't give me enough. You know, what what He's doing with me isn't enough. Why'd you give it to that person? You know. And I honestly think God's position on that is it's none of your business. Let's work on you. <laughs> you know, like one of the, what's his face of the disciple who's like, how come John's always laying on you? He's like, that's none of your concern. You know, how come you guys are so close? So I really feel like um, just praying over you right now. And um, if I think we've got some ministry teams. Yeah. Um, if you all can come up and we can get some cool music on that, would be nice. Um, if you need some prayer, I want to challenge you though, to even before you come up and get prayer from anyone to maybe stay in your seat for a few minutes or go lay on the floor or something and, and do this and say, Hey, before I leave this building tonight, I want to be offloaded a little bit. You know, I want to go a little higher. I mean, who doesn't want a penthouse, right? <laughs> well, some people might not, they don't want earthquakes, but, uh, 
But you know, the idea of that beautiful house way up there that looks out over everything. Um, <laughs> and by the way, you know, just the way we've done with penthouses, they typically have gardens up there. And that's, that's what we're invited to also is the garden. In fact, our soul and our life is the garden. That's why we sing that song, let your wind blow through my garden. Um, he likes gardens and he likes high places and he's invited us to both. So let's just talk to him for a minute about that. Uh, Holy Spirit, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this. And and if there's any place where I I didn't know what I was talking about, just show it to people, God. But I, I ask that everyone here would have a really personal encounter with you regarding this message. And that you would take up the slack where I, I, I falter as a human being trying to share something about you and just take it deep into everyone's heart, God, in your way. Oh, thank you, Father. And I'm just going to speak for myself, hopefully for all of us, that I just want to say, God, I invite you in every day to come in and show me what may have come in even if it's little as dust, to hinder love, to hinder me receiving your love. That's what you want the most from us, is for us to receive your love fully. Everything else flows from that. Everything else, worship comes from that. Thank you, God. I invite you in. Even if it doesn't feel really good, I invite your fire to come in and burn those things away. And I thank you so much for what you did on the cross and that the blood of Jesus is ready to come fill up those fault lines, to fill up those cracks. Thank you, Jesus. We want to go higher and higher and higher with you. And never be arrogant about it. God, we really do. We, You set us on a high place and we come back to it, God. We intentionally say we want to go back to the highest place. We want to go back to the pinnacle. We want to go back to where you are. Where you're saying, come up here, come up now. God, let that, let that resonate in us every day. Thank you, God. And thank you that even with you in glory in heaven, we'll still have opportunity to go higher and higher. You're so amazing. Thank you, Jesus. So for me, for any of us in this room, I'm asking you, God, to highlight maybe just one of those one of those bricks right now that we can just take down. Reveal, God, the hidden fault lines. Thank you, Jesus. All right.
So we ask you, God, to just keep working in us. We're going to call the prayer teams up. It's it's actually time to get your kids if they're out there. And and um, I, I, I have a feeling some of you will repent for not throwing money up here instead of your shoes. So... <laughs> Bless you guys. You're a fun family to be with. Love you.